Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo! What up? What up, what up? Welcome to episode 54 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and yo... This was a crazy weekend. Uh, We're going to go ahead and break down all the fight action of the weekend. But before we get into that, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. The Fight Podcast is currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, subscribe, listen, rate, and share. Man, crazy fight weekend this weekend, man. Um, but first and foremost, before I really get into that, welcome. Happy Sunday, and by the time most of you guys listen to this, it's going to be like Monday or sometime in the week, but uh, happy Sunday, it's a beautiful Sunday here in Chicago, Um, I have no idea what happened to fall, winter's here in Chicago, man, it's been in the 20s all weekend, my dog doesn't even want to go outside for a walk, man, I'm over here throwing like three jackets on him, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the dude, he has three jackets, I live in Chicago, man, he's fly, it's whatever, but um, all in all, man, it's all good over here, I could not wait to break this down for you guys, man, this weekend, there was so much action in combat sports, We had UFC Fight Night 139. That's the 25-year anniversary show in Denver. Which, as I'm sure by this point in time, most of you know, was a pretty fire card. So we're going to go ahead and jump to that in a second. Uh, There was also um, Tony Bello, the great Tony Bello and uh, Usyk over um, in Manchester fought this weekend on Dazzin. And that was an incredible fight. Um, Usyk remains one of the greatest fighters in the world. Should I say greatest boxers in the world? Uh, Tony Bello proves that he is a legend in the game. And uh, if this is his last fight, man, salute to that man. We will break that fight down in a moment. One championship was also this weekend. Um, they had kickboxing and MMA. We'll talk about that. Um, and so much, man. But all in all, it was just, I mean, a crazy weekend. Uh, Man, but without further ado, I guess, man, let's go ahead and jump into it. UFC Fight Night 139 uh, was in Denver. Uh, It was the 25-year anniversary show for the UFC. And without a doubt, man, 
It was memorable. If you haven't had an opportunity to check it out yet, you should. I'm sure it's on on demand. Uh, it was on free TV. It was on Fox Sports One. They went ahead and um, man, they put an incredible card together. So for those of us who don't know, uh, the UFC, which is li- widely recognized as the best mixed martial arts organization in the world, they actually had their 25 year anniversary. And to commemorate their 25 years, they did an event exactly where the first UFC event was held, and that was in Denver, Colorado. So they went ahead and actually had an incredible event a week after a pay-per-view event. So a lot of people were like, ooh, I wonder if they're going to try to stack it or not. Yo, they did. Yes, there was a lot of shuffling around. Frankie Edwiger was supposed to be on this card fighting against Chen Sing Jung. He ended up having to pull out. But Yair Rodriguez came in and, man, we ended up getting one of the greatest performances, greatest fights, and absolutely greatest finishes that I've ever seen, man. So, um... That was great. Um, again, boxing delivered this year. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, Usyk, the champion, he is the the um, unanimous, the unified cruiserweight champion of the world. I will talk about him in a minute, man. But dude, I I need to pay more attention, and I'm gonna make sure I do my due diligence to let you guys know. Um, we had legends going out this weekend. Legends breaking records. Third legend still looking like he's in the middle of his prime. We had prospects killing it. We had resurrections. We had zombies, fam. Um, really, man, where to begin? And and just thinking about that, let's let's just go ahead and start off with boxing because boxing it is. Um, it was the shortest event. It was really only one fight in boxing that I want to talk about uh, this past weekend, and it was Tony, uh, Tony Bello, the uh, the Manchester native. Um, one of the greatest boxers out of England, and at least in my opinion, dude is an absolute beast. He's 33 and th- two, well, he's 33 and three now. Super scrappy fighter. He actually recently retired. Uh, David Haig. So, dude is an absolute monster. Great power in both hands. Um, really, really gritty. He is known for having all of the heart in the world, man. He 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 he's known to dig deep, no matter what. But this dude is fighting against uh, the Ukrainian, Oleg Yusik, who's now 16-0 with 12 knockouts, man. He's the undisputed cruiserweight champ of the world. And not only is he an Olympic gold medalist, he's also the teammate of pound for pound number one, Vasily Lomachenko. Same coaches, same philosophy. Great movement, um, great hand speed. And for somebody who is that big, Usyk is actually 6'3". You know, and I, and again, he, they say he walks around, he can actually make heavyweight. And it's possible that now he is going to bump up to heavyweight. So watching this and seeing Usyk, the way he moves, he's going to be a problem for anybody. He's one of the greatest fighters that I've seen. His movement, his combinations are incredible. But that takes nothing away from Tony Bello. Tony Bello went out there, man, and in my opinion, put on a show. And before the stoppage, and the stoppage did come in the eighth round, I had him leading in the fight. He came out strong. His timing was... 
especially with his straight right hand, looked incredible. Um, Tony Bello is one of those guys that's actually, again, he's super heavy, heavy handed. Oleg is um is a softball. So both of them had those straight punches in their lead hands that were actually doing damage. Everyone, I believe, expected to see Tony Bello go out and brawl, do what he usually does, get in people's head, talk trash, and get to slinging. He didn't do that in this fight. He was patient. He was well-schooled. He stayed home. And honestly, you can tell it was really frustrating, uh, um, Olenek, especially to start off. As the fight wore on, sixth round, you can kind of tell the momentum was starting to get with um, Usyk. He was starting to land his combinations. He was starting to get hit less. And um, it seemed like his movement was really starting to slow down uh, Bello's output. But every time dude came in, Bello was still landing some sharp shots. So he was never, ever out of the fight. Eighth round comes. This is the first time that um, Usyk was actually landing clean on Bello. And then out of nowhere, man, one sharp right hand stiffens him up, left hook over the top, drops him, fights over the end of, um, of the fight. And actually, it seems like it's going to be the end of Tony Bello's career. After the fight, he retires. And um, nothing to hang his hat on. Um, and I will say this, Tony Bello... One of the classiest guys in the classiest post-fight um, analysis of himself, analysis of another athlete that I've ever seen, man. Most guys go out there and they they, they rarely want to tip the hat, especially after they've taken the L, especially after they've been put to sleep. But Bello, man, he went out there and he really just put it all out there. He, he gave all the credit to everybody that was involved. He gave all the credit to his opponent said that he was just a better man. And um, and it was just, honestly, the sportsmanship between the two, the the atmosphere in the arena, it, it was really, really dope to see, man. I, I can't lie. I absolutely one day want to go and experience a boxing match in the UK. It seems like it's like nothing over here. It seems like those crowds are just, just extremely educated when it comes to the sport. And not only are they really educated when it comes to the sport, they have a different level of enthusiasm um, that we don't have over here, at least when it comes to boxing. So uh, salute to Usyk, salute to Tony Bello. Amazing, amazing, amazing uh, fight card. And um, yo, Dazen um, and Eddie Hearn, those boys, they keep really doing their thing. Um Ak, who was um, Akres, who was just on the show last week. If you get a chance to check him out, I believe it was on episode 53 of the Fight Podcast. Uh, Ak is one of uh, Dazen's uh, color sports radio personalities. Um, he was talking about some of the great assets that Dazen has. If you haven't had an opportunity, please go ahead and listen to that interview. Um, he is super, super dope. He also has a show on Sirius Satellite. Um, that's a sweet science. And he's Ak and Barack on uh, the Dazen platform. But those guys are talking about it and they're saying how dope Dazen is and also the athletes that they're signing with it, man. So all in all, man, salute to them. 
Um, moving right along, UFC Fight Night 139 Denver. This was the UFC's 25-year anniversary show, and yeah, yo, it delivered, man. Uh, let's just go ahead and get into it. The main event was Yair Rodriguez versus the Korean Zombie. Man, what a fight, man. Um, and here, I'm just going to go ahead and pull up all of the fight numbers and the stats just so you guys can see how close of a fight this was. And you know what? And I'm not even going to say it was that close of a fight because um, this fight went to the wire. It is one of the best fights of the year. Not only is it one of the best fights of the year, it is one of the greatest finishes, if not the greatest finish in MMA history. All right. So let me go ahead and just break down the fight before I even get into the numbers. The fight starts off and you are able to see it's a, it's a clash of styles. You have two extremely creative strikers, one guy who refuses to take a backward step, one extremely explosive counterfighter who throws caution to the wind and throws the most creative strikes that you will see in MMA. Variety of kicks, variety of punches, variety of elbows. This is one of those guys that you actually see out there who really does his thing, and that's in Yair. Dude, this is something that I didn't realize about the Korean zombie. Chin Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, is one of the most popular fighters in the UFC, possibly in UFC history. One, because he has such a dope nickname, the, the Korean zombie, everybody loves it. Way back in the day, he used to have um, these really, really dope merchandise that he had like this famous, uh, this um, like artist draw up, which is super dope. People used to rock it back in the day. At least, honestly, at least seven years ago at this point in time, now when he first got into the UFC. With all that acclaim and all that, and again, he's had, he's fought for a title against Jose Aldo and actually was giving him fits before he got injured in that fight. The dude is legitimate, man. The way he beat up Mark Hominick, the way he actually landed the first twister in uh, UFC history against, um, man, I always forget this dude's name. It'll come to me in a second. But, uh, but um, Leonard Garcia, bah, there you go. Uh, I did the same thing last time, man. <laughs> Leonard, Joe, my bad. I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep forgetting your name, man. But Leonard Garcia, he was one of the most exciting fighters that I've ever watched. I grew up watching. And he came up. He used to be, he is uh, like Donald Cerrone's best friend, one of those guys. And we'll get into Donald Cerrone in a minute. But um, Chen Sun Jung, man, the Korean Zami, is, is as much as people know him and as famous as he is, he only has, this is only his sixth appearance. In the UFC. I couldn't believe that. Now I remember that he did take six, four years off. He had a four year gap in his career. Because he had to go to the military in South Korea, which is bananas. He did that, came back after four years. And got a first round finish of Dennis Bermudez. And that's when Dennis Bermudez was doing work. I digress, man. Going back into this fight. Chen Sung Jung was landing shots. It was a back and forth fight, but everybody, the judges' scorecards, and even myself, I had him winning going into the fourth round or the fifth round. I had Chen Sung Jung winning three rounds to one. I'm like, all he has to do is finish this round, he wins the fight. It was a great fight. 
Both men were fighting. Both men were standing there taking shots, giving shots, mixing it up. It was so entertaining. You had kicks come from everywhere. Both men were bloodied. Both men, you know, you can tell they both had to really dig deep. And it was great to see. The fight is coming down to the very end. It seems like all we have, and I will say this, there were there was an immense amount of respect between both men. They were high-fiving and hugging throughout. Now, I'm not a, that big of a fan of during the fight, but look, I, I understand it and I respect it. Both guys were respecting each other and they were going out there and giving it everything that they had. But it did seem as if the Korean zombie's pressure and his power shots were winning this fight. Roughly 10 seconds left in the fight. Both men are clapping. Tense, you know, they give each other a high five. They acknowledge the crowd. It looks like they're just going to stand here and just sling until the bell, the, the final whistle blows. And that's what they did. So they go out there, they hug, 10 seconds left. They start swinging and going. Korean zombie does what he's always done. He puts his head down, he goes forward. Out of nowhere. Yarier Rodriguez, who has thrown spinning back fists throughout the match, dipped, slipped out of the way of a left hook from the Korean zombie. Slipped the right hook. Out of nowhere, dipped. To, he dipped to his right. While he dipped to his right, he threw his left elbow directly up in the air. So I'm going to have this visual for you. You have one man coming forward. The other man is dipping down to his opponent's hip. And as he is dipping down to his opponent's hip, his right, his left elbow is coming over the top cracks the Korean zombie directly in the jaw, puts him out cold as the buzzer rings for the, for the fight. Fight is over. Yarath Rodriguez, four minutes and 59 seconds left in the very last round, comes from behind to beat the Korean zombie. Yeah. Fam. By far. When I saw it, I was speechless. I was literally hanging out with one of my buddies. The fight happened, and most time when there's a knockout, you hear you there screaming and you're jumping up and down. Yeah, it was silence. We froze. I fell back in my seat and I just had my hand on buddy's shoulder. And I was like, after a couple minutes, I looked back. I was like, yo, did that just happen? Sure enough, they showed the replay, man. Hands down, man, the best, if not the greatest um, KO uh, that I have seen. The most, by far, the most creative uh, knockout that I've definitely seen um, in MMA history. So really quick, check this out. Um, just so I can show you the, the type of fight that this was. These are the live stats. Um, Yair obviously landed only knockdown of the fight. Total strikes landed. <sighs> I didn't even realize it was like this. Total strikes landed. Yair Rodriguez landed 129 out of 281 strikes. The Korean zombie landed 130 out of 312. 140. I mean, um, virtually identical, right? Uh, significant strikes. Yair, 119. Chan Sung Jung, 
126, both men almost landed at the exact same clip. Um, uh, the Korean zombie shot for a number of takedowns. No takedowns were landed. So this fight definitely took place on the feet. But just look at those numbers. They were so close. And the only thing that I think everyone was really giving the Korean zombie the play for was specifically because of the pressure that he puts on and he was absolutely landing the the, uh, the stronger uh, shots. <laughs> that is until the very end, man. So um, salute to the uh, to both men. Salute to Yair. Uh, that was incredible. Uh, Yair Rodriguez's stock is 100% going up. People, especially now, a lot of people were counting him out. He had a lot of nonsense going on with the UFC. He had a whole lot of negative energy. Um, they thought he went to Bellator, then he came back. Dana White suspended him, then they brought him back. They took him off of cards, and then they brought him back. Um, and now it seems like he's going to be the golden boy, man. He speaks English and Spanish extremely well. He has an extremely um, flamboyant and impressive style. He can absolutely be marketed, especially to that huge Hispanic audience. Um, definitely the huge Mexican audience as well, man. So uh, salute to Yair. Um, what happens next with him? I think you give him the beat. That fight was supposed to happen. That is the fight that was supposed to happen. Um, that is the fight that 100% that I would like to see next. Um, now, this is one thing that I didn't like. Okay, and this was kind of a theme of the night. I don't understand this for all the athletes. And it seems like only one person actually got it right. And that was Macy Barber, who I'll talk about in a little bit. But after the fight, they asked Yair Rodriguez. They're like, what is it that you want after this? He said nothing. He said quiet. I don't care whatever the UFC wants. That's not how you get paid, man. I don't understand why fighters do this. You should always have in your mind, when I win, this is who I call out. You always should call out somebody. Even champions should call out somebody because that is how you keep your name in the media. That is how, and granted, yes, you had an amazing knockout. People are going to talk about your knockouts. But how much more were they talked about him if he says, did you see what I just did there? Zabit, you're next, punk. See, and then people who have listened to me before and said, oh, Serge, you talk about Conor McGregor talking trash. No, no, no. I'm talking about trash talking within the confines of the competition. Not outside, not I make more money than you, not, you know, you know, racial stuff and creed and all this stuff. No, yo, I am better than you between the lines. And you see what I just did to this dude? I'm gonna do it to you too. That's how your stock goes up. That's how they can market. Those are sound bites that they can market. I don't understand fighters passing on that. They had so many fighters on this that dropped in that opportunity in this card specifically. So that is the one thing that uh, I think Yair dropped the ball with, man. But aside from that, man, salute to buddy. All right, moving on to the Coleman event. Cowboy Cerrone versus Platinum Mike Perry. Another great matchup that on paper should have been fire. 
and low key it was, man. It, it it lived up to it. And I can't lie, I was very hesitant on this fight. I didn't know if it would live up to the drama strictly because of the the drama that led into it. The whole cowboy Winkle John with, you know, um, Mike Perry drama. Mike Perry's a new guy coming in. Seemingly they pushed out cowboy Cerrone who was a long staple at that gym that seemed to be the issue so I personally didn't understand or didn't know if that was going to hinder the fight it comes to mind the Rashad Evans versus uh, Rampage Jackson a lot of bad blood shitty fight it happens time and time again so I was afraid this fight wouldn't deliver I was wrong man I was super wrong um Donald Cerrone looked like the cowboy of old, and he went in there and did work. He goes out there and, in my opinion, executes an incredible game plan. He starts off the fight. There were a couple of exchanges, but on the feet, Down Cerrone absolutely got the best of the exchanges. He established a clinch. He landed powerful knees, and he made sure that his defense was always just slightly ahead of Mike Perry. But what really stood out in the fight more than anything else was the grappling of Donald Cerrone. We forget. We think about Donald Cowboy Cerrone and his kickboxing and his wild dude. You forget about the majority of his wins, the majority of his record-breaking 15th uh uh, finish in the UFC he this win and this fight not only did Donald Cowboy Cerrone win this fight he's the most winningest fighter in the UFC with 21 UFC victories and dude is also the has the most finishes in UFC history with 15 with this one so out of his 15 wins and 15 finishes the bulk of those are by submission we forget about that So he goes out there and Mike Perry at one point in time, after again, down Cerrone gets, um, was able to establish a scramble, looked as if he was going to go ahead and get the back of Mike Perry. Mike Perry kind of pushes him off, ends up on top of down Cerrone. Down Cerrone does an incredible job, reverses position, ends up inside control himself Landing a couple shots, Mike Perry again, it, they end up getting to a scramble. Cowboys on the bottom, out of nowhere, 10 seconds left in a fight. Donald Cerrone slaps on an arm bar and literally wants to take it home with him. He ends up with about 10 seconds left in the very first round. Gets the tap, finishes uh, um, Mike Perry, and actually ends up breaking Mike Perry's arm in the process. Yo, Anybody had a question who ended up winning not only the fight, he won the war. And then afterwards, Donald Cerrone said, I'm done with 170. I'm going back to 155 pounds and I am going to make a title run. Donald Cerrone looked healthier than I've ever seen him. He looked more focused and calm than I've ever seen him. And he said the reason for all that happening was because he just had a son. And he had a really, really cool moment after the fight. He goes ahead, he finishes Mike Perry. You think he's going to go out there and pull a Khabib, start yelling, yelling at Mike Wickle, John, doing all kind of other things? No. 
This dude has his 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 lady, his wife, whoever the lady is, bring the baby in, and he has this Lion King moment. Straight up, he had a Lion King moment. He's in his hometown. They hand him his baby. He just got the finish in the co-main event. He holds the baby over his head like blanket. Nah, nah, like it's more like Simba. For real, like Simba. Held him over his head. The entire crowd goes nuts, man. It was a great moment. I loved it. Um, but Donald Cowboy Cerrone, if he has found something that at 35 years old has given him another fire, another level that makes him continue wanting to compete and continue wanting to be the best that he can be. I'm telling you guys right now, man. Um, and he says it's going down to 55. You guys are in trouble. Now, a focus down on Cerrone is, is something, man. It's, it's going to be something to see, man. Um, great fight for, uh, for Cowboy. Mike Perry, me personally, I will say this. I am admittedly a bit disappointed. I expected more. His last fight with Paul Felder, he seemed like he was really starting to put it together. Not only does he have savage power in all of both hands, elbows, with the the tutelage of Wink and, and, uh, and Greg Jackson over at, uh, at that gym, you would think that in a fight of this magnitude, he wouldn't have just got bullied. And that's really what happened. And not to mention, his grappling needs to continue developing. He's still young in the game. I understand that. I, I admittedly, though, was a bit disappointed in his grappling. I, I don't know if he believed it was just going to be a stand-up match and he was just going to be able to knock Cowboy out and keep him moving. But if, if that is what he believed was going to happen, man, uh, Buddy was absolutely sorely mistaken. Remember, uh, you're you're listening to the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Follow Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code Fight for twenty percent off your first three months. Um, boom! All right, right back at you. <laughs> um, there are still a couple great fights uh, on this card, all right? Not just uh, the next fight that I want to talk about. Uh, Raquel Pennington fought Durandame. Uh, Durandame honestly did easy work. Um, predominantly a striking matchup. Raquel Pennington missed weight. I don't know if... I don't know if she needs to change the scenery with the new camp or what, but uh, her last two performances, I will say, have been very uh, lackluster. Uh, Benil Dariush defeated Thiago Moises. Benil Dariush looked awesome, man. His grappling is top-notch, uh, great in the clinch. Definitely didn't want any part of Thiago, Thiago Moises' uh, stand-up, but great fight altogether. Good win uh, by Benil Dariush. All right, this is the one that I really want to talk about. Macy Barber. Macy Barber versus Hannah Cyphers. Macy Barber's the truth, man. Macy Barber, what a performance, man. In front of her hometown crowd, the former uh, Fight Podcast prospect alert with the vicious, man. Just an absolute vicious second-round KO of uh, Hannah uh, Cyphers, man. The nastiest ground to pound that I've ever seen from a girl at 115 pounds, man. And then this is what I appreciated more than anything else. 
Something that none of the guys did in the night. She's only 20 years old and she has the foresight to think about this. She calls her shot, man. Directly after the fight, she said, I want Mackenzie Dern. I just ate up this bum over here. Now I want to eat up Mackenzie Dern. They asked her, why does she want to uh, Mackenzie Dern? She goes ahead and responds, because we both fought in the LFA. They offered me to fight her twice. She turned it down twice. Now we're in the UFC. That ass is mine. Not in those words, but you know what I mean. And that's what she said, man. And for those of us who don't know Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie Dern is a BJJ standout. She's currently 2-0 in the UFC, but she has a whole lot of weight cushion and discipline issues. She should probably be fighting at 125 pounds, but she's staying fine at a buck 15. She's undefeated. She's shown chinks in her armor. I really honestly do believe that this will be a great fight for both of these ladies in this point in their career. Great call out by Macy Barber. She's going to continue doing her thing and growing um, in MMA, man. Uh, next up, Michael Trezano, David Luis Pena via split decision. Good fight. Uh, I would have liked to see more from Luis Pena's stand up. Even though, obviously, Michael Trezano is a, an incredible um, striker in his own right, that's what he does. He's undefeated. He was landing really, really great uh, inside leg kicks that were just beating up Luis Pena's legs. Um, and Pena just didn't have an answer for it, honestly. So, great win from Trezano, man. Um, honestly, Luis Pena will be back. He has a great team, man. Great main card, man. It absolutely delivered. It was fun. And it was everything you wanted for a 25-year anniversary show. Young and upcoming people, you know, doing their thing. They're hungry. And it's sprinkled in with some vets that are still out here really doing their thing, man. Super dope event. Salute to the UFC and happy 25-year anniversary to them. One championship had another great event this past weekend, also in Singapore. Um, the 145-pound champ, one of the greatest grapplers in the world, one of their longest-reigning champions on an eight-fight win streak, former fight podcast um, fighter Focus, Bibiana Fernandez, lost his title in a controversial split decision there. Um, it was a great fight. If you guys haven't had an opportunity to check it out, one dope thing about one championship, as soon as their fights are done you can find all of them on youtube man so check that out Giorgio petrosian recently signed with one championship Giorgio petrosian is one of if not the greatest kickboxers to ever live he fights at about 145 pounds uh between 145 155 pounds he is has 98 wins <laughs> um knockout power 98 wins and one loss i believe it's some, it's some some incredible record like that dude is crazy um he signed a huge deal to one and they gave him for his first fight a lumpini champion a lumpini champion is the top caliber muay thai kickboxer in the world coming out of thailand okay they gave Giorgio Petrosian this guy for his first fight in Singapore. He went out there and did absolute work. Ends up getting the finish in that fight. Um, one championship is putting on incredible events. All around martial art events. UFC, man, 25 years with a bang. Dazen is still doing his thing. Yo, this weekend 
is a perfect my fans weekend, man. I didn't leave the house. I cooked all weekend, I chilled with my dog, and I watched fights. So much content, man, every day. It was great, man. But now that we've broken down the fights, let's go ahead and break down this weekend's winners and losers. Weekend's winners, first and foremost, the legend himself, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Donald Cerrone is definitely winner of the weekend, man, because this dude is the all-time UFC WEC winner in wins and finishes with that 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 uh, victory. He proved that not only is he a legend of the sport, in beating an up-and-coming guy shows that he is still a live dog in this fight and he still has another run in him. So salute to Donald Cowboy Cerrone um, and his career, man. I can't believe he's still you know, doing his thing like he is. Uh, great for him. Other winner, Macy Barber. She went out there. She beat up somebody like most women don't beat up other women. Nasty ground and pound, vicious elbows. This girl has a mean streak and... I cannot, she's only 20 years old. Such upside, man. She And she composes herself like a vet. She knows what she wants. She will 100% get that championship, but one of these days. And finally, man, Yair Rodriguez, even though he didn't make that call out that I wanted him to make, that elbow was all you need, man. Um, Yair, probably with that, is going to go ahead and get the knockout of the year. And he is able to get himself back into the good graces of the UFC with that and to the to the MMA fandom. So congratulations. Those are my week's um, winners of the week. Now, here are the losers of the week. Uh, I'm going to start off with Benil Dariush, even though he won. He's a loser of the weekend because after such a dominant performance, they asked him, what do you want? And he said, whatever you guys want. Uh, why do people do that, man? Fam, have you guys never heard a closed mouth don't get fed? They don't. How do you guys plan to eat? How do you guys plan to continue making money? This is the fight game. Prize fighting. Hence the prize, dude. Call your shots, okay? It is still entertainment. You have to call your shots, especially if you want to get paid. That's the only thing um, from Benil Dariush that I didn't like, man. And and finally, uh, the loser of the week, I'm going to give it to Mike Perry. Yo, Mike Perry. Where, where do I begin? And, and I had an issue on social media this week that I want to talk about a little bit also. But Mike Perry says that he's 2% African. Kudos. I'm sure everybody in the world is. But he goes out there and on social media, and he's been known to drop an M-bomb from time to time. Mike Perry's a white guy. Okay? He's a white dude. Does he embrace hip-hop culture? Yeah. And just as much as Conor McGregor and most of the kids in the suburb do. 100%.
with that being said, does that give him the right to go ahead and throw around M-bombs? Fuck no. And I know I don't generally curse on my show, and I apologize to anybody who was like, oh my God, he cursed. Look, absolutely not. Do and I'm not like should anybody? It's an ugly word that shouldn't be said, but especially white Americans, white people in general. If you're not black, I'm just gonna say it like that. You shouldn't say it, and we all know, we all know that it's not cool to say. So the fact that he feels comfortable enough to say this is a problem. Other fighters, other people that are around him, you should, they should not, they should be ashamed of themselves for allowing him, letting him feel comfortable enough to say that, to drop a net on his, uh, his IG page and to do stuff like that. And then, and this is what happened to me. So I'm here, I'm trying to educate. In the end of the day, I don't like going back and forth on social media. But if somebody's going to go ahead and say something, you know, I'm going to talk a little back. I'm not just going to hold back. I, I enjoy the trolls. I'll, I'll, I'll play into it from time to time. I don't care. So I went on there and I said, hey, um, hey, man, this dude's a white dude. This is a bad look. Simple. Somebody turns around, says, this isn't your safe place. You bitch ass N word. Whoa. It just blows my mind. And again, this is why to me it is a problem that Mike Perry says this stuff. Do I think Mike Perry is a bad dude? No. Do I think he's ignorant? 100%. It's ignorant to go ahead and use those words, not understanding the power that they actually have. Not understanding that, not educating yourself, not understanding the plight of specific people that have actually had to go through certain things and have been called that and were called that. That's the last thing they heard as they were tortured and killed. And I'm sorry to go ahead and, you know, put us all in a bad spot and I'm going to go ahead and wrap it back up and get in a happy place. But I want people to understand and know how ugly that word is. And the fact that he feels confident enough to say it, even if he feels it's a jovial way, he should be reprimanded for that. The UFC should reprimand him. And honestly, somebody, one of his boys, one of his coaches, one of his teammates, one of these other pro athletes. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Even myself, as somebody who is now taking this place in the media, if I ever met Mike Perry, I would tell him myself, fam, it's not a good look. And somebody needs to do that. So for me personally, that's why Mike Perry gets the biggest L of the weekend. All right. All right. So moving right along, man. Um, I'm one of my favorite parts in the show to do your turn to talk, man. And thank you so much, man. More and more. We have been getting more and more questions and um, and people have been participating. So thank you guys so much. And all right. So first, your turn to talk questions from uh, Sugar Shane underscore announcer. He asks, 
who is the next big ring announcer to break through? Um, I'm sure he must be the same himself, but I've never heard of him. Uh, honestly, ring announcer, I don't know who's the next big ring announcer, but the next huge play-by-play guy that I think people are going to start really recognizing as one of the best play-by-play guys out there is former referee Big John McCarthy. He is now with Bellator, and I'm going to be honest with you, man, some of his his um, color commentary and his analysis during fight, during cage side, man, is some of the best I've ever heard, honestly, aside from like Joe Rogan. Um, thanks for that, man. All right, uh, moving right along, Aaron uh, Polinar asks, do you think TJ Dillashaw will be able to stop Henry Cejudo's takedowns? Oof. Oh, man. So uh, for all of us who don't know, uh, TJ Dillashaw is dropping down the 135 pound champ. The number two pound for pound fighter in the world is dropping down to um, challenge Henry Cejudo for his 125 pound flyweight title. Henry Cejudo is an Olympic um, gold medalist. And TJ Dillashaw is, again, number two pound for pound fighter in the world. Who, man, what do I think? I personally think that TJ Dillashaw's movement and his fight IQ is going to be able to, and not only that, his, he's actually, he's an all-American wrestler also. I think his wrestling stifles um, Henry Cejudo, I do. I think his size, his experience in MMA, his MMA wrestling, and, um, and his movement with his striking, the way he uh, mixes it up, I think is going to be too much uh, for Henry Cejudo. And I don't think uh, his wrestling is going to be that effective against TJ Dillashaw. All right. Uh, thanks for that one. Stefan.Boris, he asks, does Ben Askren win the title in 2019? Ooh, man. Um, I'm going to say no. Be unless they open up 165 pound weight class. If they open up 165 pound weight class, absolutely, he goes out there and he wins the belt. Only reason I don't say he wins one at 170 is because I still believe Tyron Woodley will be the 175 pound, the 170 pound champ, or and possibly 175 pound champ by the end of the year. Uh, all right. Next one, Chris Fancy Pants. <laughs> yes, uh, does Yair ends the beat fight next? Man, you guys heard me. I 100% believe that that should be the next fight. I honestly don't know who. It should, that, that should be it. Though they're both in the top 10. Uh, they're both exciting. They should be fighting each other next. All right. And uh, the final question of the day that I'm going to add is uh, from Dakota Curry. And they ask, who should Cowboy fight at 155 pounds? Man. So with all, if he drops down to a buck 55, you have Khabib for the title and Tony Ferguson should probably be tied up. Kevin Lee has an opponent already. I don't want to see him fight Nate Diaz again. Oh, man. Perfect. He comes back down to 155 pounds. He should be met by Conor McGregor. They already had a little bit of run-in way back in the day. Um, they already don't really like each other. Cowboys on a roll. Um, it, it will be a great comeback fight that uh, that you can really market and sell. 
100%, I think that would be the best fight at 155 pounds. The biggest fight that they can make would be Cowboy. Uh, the trash talk would be incredible. Um, the uh, the antics would be great. I think it would be something else, man. So I think that is uh, who they should be going after, man. Thanks for that question. Yo, um, great questions, man. Thank you for everybody who uh, participated and submitted questions. This is... Serge Vicente, man. Yo, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me today on episode 54 of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch while you're there. Thank you all for listening to the show. We will be back again. We have some more exclusive interviews for you guys, some great conversations. We have Prospect Alert, more Your Turn to Talk, Fight News of the Week. We're going to break down all the other fight news and the fights that are coming up this upcoming weekend and much more. Thank you guys for listening. This is your host, Serge Vicente. Have a great week. Peace out.